Hello and welcome to episode 3 of Get It Whacked, the Macclesfield Cricket Club podcast. Over the coming weeks and months, we intend to go behind the scenes of Max EC and meet some of the players and characters at the club, find out some things about them you never knew, or most likely never wanted to know, and above all, hopefully have a few laughs along the way. Without further ado, I'd like to introduce you to today's guest. He's a relative newcomer to Max EC, having formerly played his cricket at Grappen Hall. He is the proud owner of a glorious extra cover drive, has an even worse concept of personal space than James Cross, absolutely loves talking about his expense account, and once famously pulled Billy Robinson's beard. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Chris France. Frenchie, how are you? I'm very well, Miles. I'm enjoying this seasonable cricketing weather from the absolute safety of my office. Um, yeah. I'm quite bemused by it all. Excellent. And uh, how are you uh, adjusting to uh, all the changes out there? Well, for the next week, I'm technically unemployed. So it's even weirder because I was thinking, oh, you know, I'll go and play a few rounds of golf, I might go down to the nets. But instead, I'm, I'm locked in the house with my missus. And I think I've managed to upset her significantly already. I would expect nothing less. So does that mean you're going to promise us a podcast with absolutely no talk about your expense account? Unlimited, limited. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm moving to a new one. So, you know, there is hope. <laughs> oh God, I've, I've already done exactly what I said we're not going to do and talk about your expense account. Um, look, I'm loath to ask this question for obvious reasons, but uh, what do you do when you're not playing cricket? So, and I don't think anyone will actually understand this when I explain it to them, because certainly no one in my personal life does. So I am a specialist technology consultant, which is middle management jargon for basically being an IT salesperson. Uh, that's a pretty fine way of explaining it. I'm, I'm sure the listeners will get to grips um, with that. Um, moving swiftly onwards before we descend into talking about your job, um, what would you say your earliest cricketing memory is? So, and I was thinking about this, having listened to the episode one of the podcast, and turning it right back, it's playing cricket in the house with my dad when I must have been three, something like that. You know, the little plastic cricket sets you have. Yep. Um, and putting a plastic cricket ball through the side of a terrarium, uh, which was given to my parents on their wedding day. And that effectively ended inside the house cricket for me and, and for my dad as well, for that matter. <laughs> uh, so clearly it, it all went downhill from there, I assume. Or Well, uh, I guess graduated to playing on the drive, upset other neighbours by putting balls over the fence. But yeah. You know, it was obviously, I mean, I played lots of sports as a kid, but cricket was the one which I, I guess I was actually okay at, because um, I wasn't very good at the other ones. And wh when you're out on the drive, annoying the neighbours, were, uh, were you dispatching balls for extra cover? or? Um, I actually couldn't bat as a kid. I used to run in and bowl very, very military medium and try and swing it, and, and, and not be able to do that either. Um, <laughs> but until it was probably... 10 or 11 I still thought I was going to be a quick bowler and I remember going to yeah well I'd say quick maybe your pace something around that yeah. Frenchy I'm, I'm 34 and I still think I'm going to be a quick bowler so uh, it, it doesn't leave you mate <laughs> I remember going to Cheshire Nets and Tony Eustace basically pulled me to one side and said you've got no hope of doing this 
as a 10 year old was just quite shocking wow that's that's brutal okay and, and basically saying why don't you try and bowl left arm spin because we haven't got anyone in your age group who does that and i was like oh were you bowling right arm seam at this point and it, it was so bad that he suggested you try it left-handed uh, well, not not quite that bad. It, it was it wasn't pretty though, and I think you guys have seen me running in the nets and bowling yard seam at one, and I'm, I'm nowhere near as multi-skilled as Morza. Yeah, Morza's uh, Morza's a freak uh, in that regard. Um, so so needless to say, you obviously did progress, and 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 at what what age did you start playing at Grappen Hall? I, I assume that was your first club, was it? Yeah, so I played at Grappen Hall. I played in my under 11s from when I was nine. So I had three years at under 11s, which was quite good fun. Um, I think I progressed to playing senior cricket when I was 12 or 13. I remember taking five wickets on debut for their third 11 on a Sunday, which was quite exciting. And then next week I was playing first team cricket, getting launched out the attack by people like Birchie and playing alongside absolute characters like Richard Green. <laughs> so needless to say, you obviously had a, a good time at Grappenall. Yeah, it, it was great. I mean, by the end of, I guess, by the time I left, I was 18 and I was going off to university. And that was sort of, ironically, where my cricketing life ended, went to university never played. And I discovered other things along my time at Grafenel Cricket Club. Um, probably not suitable for podcast uh, <laughs> consumption, uh, but those who know me can probably imagine what they were. Um, and yeah, and went to university and just basically dropped cricket completely. Mm. So you played from sort of nine all the way up to under 18s, went off to university and then had a had a fair sabbatical from cricket, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, 10, ten year gap in the end, which yeah. was quite ironic. And um, Amy got so upset with me going out on a Saturday and watching my football and, and getting myself into a mess. She decided for some odd reason that it'd be a good idea for me to go out on a Saturday earlier, play cricket all day, and come back in even more of a mess later. Uh, and she suggests I start playing cricket again. I would imagine if I were her, trying to find a way to get you out of the house for maximum hours is is probably paramount. And and cricket's a pretty good one from that. I can certainly say from my wife's point of view, she is absolutely thrilled whenever I say I've got an away game because it adds a good two hours onto the amount of time I'm out of the house. So um, yeah, I think if Amy's anything like Kat, that's probably where it comes from. But uh, who knows? Yeah, you're probably not wrong. And, and, and let's face it, with a job where I'm on the road all the time and combined with cricket, I mean, she only has to put me for one day a week, which must be an absolute result for her. <laughs> Very good. So, um, well, I was going to ask you how long you've been at Mac, but just to, just to go back a second, um, talk to me about what the relationship, as it were, is between yourself and uh, Pete Barron, Bazo, to his mates. Yeah, so um, I played Cheshire Junior Cricket from under-11s to under-17s. And in that time, I was on the elite high-performers session and I remember going to it and being this this kid who hit the most glorious cover drive and then apart from that just fiddled about and that was Bazo and we always used to run up against each other because Matt had a pretty good junior team when I was growing up. Grappolo had, had a very good junior team when we were growing up so it was always sort of you know had to beat these to go top of the league or 
had to knock these guys out of the cup. And I have to say, we've got a fantastic record against Macclesfield, which is probably, again, not podcast material. <laughs> no, um, no, we're all good. I'm sure people are booing you right now, but don't worry about that. Yeah, well, they do usually anyway when I come on to bowl or go out to bat. So it's nothing I'm uh, nothing I'm not used to. But yeah, I used to run into Baz all the time. Um, and Nipper as well, to be fair. I seem, seem to remember digging out some stats last year of Nipper bowling at an under-15s game, which were ludicrous, and you'll probably have to add an attachment to this. Um, but yeah. Talk about people who thought they were express. He is always, forever and a day, claiming that he used to be lightning quick as a three-and-a-half-foot, 15-year-old. But um, yeah, I... I, I I fail to, to to see it from a biomechanical point of view, but um, anyway, let's not let's not talk about Nipper. I'm sure he'll be on the show at some point. So, okay. Um, so yeah, so <laughs> kept running into Baz, kept running into Nipper, um, and then when I moved to Macclesfield, I was looking for a club to join, and uh, I know the road from Bollington, so you know that one was out. Um, so I, I thought, you know, why don't why don't I put a message out to to Baz? Uh, why don't I put a message out to Nipper and see about uh, coming joining Macclesfield? See if I'll put up with me. Very good. So, um, so how long have you been at Macclesfield or back at Macclesfield now, should I say? Oh, so back playing cricket, two years. This will be my third season. I think I think I found my level now um, after a, a failed season in the first team. Uh, I think the twos is where I belong. Excellent. And uh, I, I should uh, point out that you uh, you are uh, you're taking on the mantle of second team captain this year. Um, you, yourself and Stuart Parks have, have had a bit of a role reversal. So Parks, who was obviously captain last year, and yourself, Vice, um, and a successful season getting us back uh, into the Prem, uh, narrowly missing out on winning the league, but securing promotion last game of the season. Um, so yeah, how uh, how excited are you to sort of take the reins uh, this season, providing we get one, of course? Well, massively excited and. At the moment, especially considering the weather, actually pretty disappointed that we're we're probably going to be delayed for at least the first half of the season. I mean, you spent all the winter very much sort of getting myself in the right frame of mind to be a sensible adult and leave people, as opposed to being. <laughs> oh, nobody. As opposed nobody, to being nobody out there is going to believe that, Frenchie. Don't don't be ridiculous. <laughs> But no, it's it's going to be it's going to be a good season if we get to play. Really looking forward to it. I mean, the second team's a great bunch of guys as well. So hopefully we get to play some cricket this year. Absolutely. And and, and what would you say? Um, I mean, it's a bit of a tricky question to ask, but obviously with no promotion or relegation going to be occurring this year, um, what would you say your your aim? If we do, let's say, let's get half a half a season, we get the second half of the season, we play everyone once. What would you say the aim is, um, both personally and, and and from the team's point of view? So I guess from a team perspective, I'd love us to be mid-table for our first season going up. I think that'd be a, a tremendous success, particularly considering the, the amount of you know young players we've got in our team. From a personal perspective, um, there's two things really. One is to continue the robbery, which is my bowling, and, and to have another good season for ball. And I, I quite like to turn up this year with the bat. If, well, bearing in mind I'm cats, and I might give myself some latitudes, but if I get the opportunity. Absolutely. Very good. Um, and so just, just going back uh, uh, backwards for a second, what would you say your, uh, your best cricketing achievement is to date? So my best cricketing achievement is actually featured in Wisdom, the Cricketing Almanac, uh, back in 2004, when I was playing North of England under 30. Yeah, yeah under 13s, okay. um, which is an awfully long time ago. And that was with 
such esteemed players and looking at the pitch on the wall behind me of uh, Aaron Lilly, who's at Lancashire, and um, Jordan Clark as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the year before I played with Joe Root and Ben Stokes, but I took um, a fifer in that, and I think I was second highest wicket taker in the festival behind um, a certain Jack Leach. Very good. And then it pretty much went downhill from there, really, and never reached the same level again. <laughs> <laughs> um, very good. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's a, that's a fair accolade. Um, and, and just tell us about, uh, about last season from, from, from your personal perspective and then and maybe talk about the team a little bit after that. Yeah, so if we look at where the second team was last season, somebody's just come down from the Premiership, lacks a bit of stability. I had probably not the best season in the first team, I think it's fairly safe to say. Um, so I sort of decided that rather than being a person who fields and offers very little of a bat and ball in the first team, it probably be more sensible, more beneficial, not just to me, but to the club in general. If I stepped down a level, I did some of my experience of playing a, a lot of cricket at a pretty good standard when I was younger, and, and to try and support the second team, with Parksy taking the mantle as captain, you know, I was more than happy to support him from a, I, I guess, a voice in his ear perspective you know, and coming up with mad ideas, especially when it comes to selection and bowling changes. <laughs> we'll talk about your field uh, field positioning later on, um, but yeah, that's that's very good. And then and then from a personal point of view, how did how did last season go? Oh, for me, it was it was a great season. So I was leading wicket taker, scored a number of 50s, um, managed to break pretty much every bone in my hand and get hit in the face. Um, you know, everything you look forward to from a successful cricket season, really. Really good. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that uh, that covers quite a lot of the second team. Obviously, it's uh, it's good to to have you, uh, you know, back to cricket and, and at Mac. And I think it's fair to say you've, um, you've taken on a, a couple of different sort of personas and, uh, uh, you know, reputations. Uh, one of those is, is being quite a, quite a keen supper of the booze. Um, the, the other is, is making some, some questionable decisions at time. And, and there are a number that I'd, I'd like to uh, refer you back to. The first is... Uh, pulling Billy Robinson's beard. Uh, for those that don't know Billy Robinson, uh, he is a first-team prop for Macclesfield Rugby Club. Um, is an extremely big unit, um, and and has a sort of uh, a beard to be feared. Quite literally, um, he's not the sort of man that you would ever want to anger or annoy. Um, even though he's got an absolute heart of gold, um, you couldn't pay me to pull his beard. Let's put it that way. Now, talk me through what was or wasn't going through your head when you decided to pull Billy Robinson's beard. So the whole memory is a little bit of a blur to me. I mean, it might be probably best to add that I was sourced quite heavily at that time. <laughs> um, not entirely sure why I decided to do it, but I stood there looking at Billy for about five seconds with my arm out, trying to gauge the distance from my hand to his beard. And you could see it in his eyes, he was looking at me like, no, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. And then obviously, you know, me being me, sort of lent or swayed forward, I should say, and sort of gave it a good tug. Um, next thing I remember, I'd been pushed over backwards over a plastic chair and was dusting myself down, most confused about what had happened. Um, didn't, didn't see why I'd been pushed over. Couldn't really see the logic behind it. But yeah, probably not a decision I'd repeat uh, out of choice. 
Uh, it's it's got to be down to the lower ones if, of my judgment. So you, you, it's fair to say you, you've taken a life lesson from this experience, which is don't poke a bear or moreover, don't pull a bear's beard. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, I, I, I class that in the same level of decision making as, you know, trying to encourage Crossy to have a spar after he's had a few beers. Yeah. So this was the next one that I was I was going to, uh, you know, lead us on to is uh, talk me through this particular uh, idea um, or encouragement, shall we say? Well, we all know Crossy loves to have a a little bit of a tumble, especially when he's had a few beers. And um, for some silly reason, I decided that I'm in the same weight category and obviously have the same set of um, techniques to, you know, to try and square up with him. Again, I'm not entirely sure what I was thinking at the time. Um, were you or were you not in any level inebriated? Almost certainly fully inebriated. Um, it's not something I would do out of choice usually. Yeah. And then the last the last uh, questionable decision that I, I want to bring you to um, was a, a situation that occurred last year whereby um, the, the, the second team at, well, just generally availability at the club uh, for a week was was pretty, uh, pretty thin. Uh, bearing in mind we had an unprecedented year of availability, there was just this one week where there were not a lot of players available and um, not to put myself over, but yours truly got a little cheeky call up to the second team for a game, um, which in itself is probably a questionable decision. Um, but that's not the decision I, I would like to ask you about. Um, in, in the particular game, we, we, uh, we found ourselves bowling second uh, and uh, we'd taken a number of wickets and then obviously Timperley twos uh, got themselves into a position where they just fancied a big stitch. Um, so at which point, you know, lots of men around the bat, uh, trying funky things, just trying to get wickets. Um, and, and yours truly here, uh, sort of volunteers to, to get, get under the lid, get the shin pads on, um, and, and getting close against their captain, who, who is a sort of burly barrel chested seamer who hits a long ball. I think it's fair to, to say to him, um, what I would like to know is, is, my, my question to you is, why on earth did you see fit to to bowl a, a rank ball um, outside off that he could then fully tuck into and, and hit clean into my shin? So there were sort of two thoughts of thinking behind that. One, we all know my bowling's pretty slow and pretty dire. And from the course of last season, I took an awful lot of wickets with some very, very questionable deliveries. So, you know, partly that. Partly that, and also with a man in under, um, under the lid at, at silly point, I thought, you know, worst comes to worst, he absolutely middles this, creams it, and it just sticks in your midriff or, or somewhere around there, and that's, that, that's the way we get rid of him. So that's actually one of the decisions I, I regret least, especially in this little section, anyway. <laughs> well, I can tell you for free, my knee, uh, as much as I just said it was the shin, it wasn't the shin, it was my knee. Uh, my knee still aches to this day. Uh, and so I, I, I thank you for that. Um, it's, it's one of the, the nicest things you've ever done for me, uh, frankly. Um, anyway, moving swiftly onwards, um, as with our previous guests, we've been, uh, we've been running over your individual stats. Um, obviously, I can't pull up 
all of your uh, statistics because some of them just aren't on play cricket. Um, but the ones are that are uh, a four season, no, five seasons uh, from Grappenall, and then the last couple from um, from Macclesfield. So. On play cricket, you've got a total of 68 games, 52 innings, uh, 14 not outs, 1,081 runs with a highest score of 84, and you're averaging 28.45. Um, and another fairly disappointing statistic is you only have four ducks. So as with everyone else, something to work on. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's, your, that's your stats. Um, and then... I'd like to uh, just talk about your bowling stats for a second. Um, so same thing again. Although interestingly, you only have six seasons of, of bowling here. So there must have been a couple of seasons at Grappenall where you didn't bowl or the, or the overs weren't recorded. But uh, you've got 224 overs, 35 maidens, uh, 54 wickets um, with a best of six for 36. Um, and then... I think I was at Macclesfield as well because, I mean... Yeah, it was. going back, going back that far from the bowling side of things, mm -hmm. like the last couple of years at Grappenall, I didn't really bowl. I, I sort of given that up and, and reformed myself as a batsman. I mean, I think that was pretty much from the age sixteen onwards. I realised I couldn't bowl spin either. And um, it's funny how those things work out. Yeah, you don't have any bowling statistics for two thousand and seven or two thousand and eight. Um, you bowled seventeen overs in two thousand six and nineteen overs in in two thousand and nine. But um, yeah, according to the stats on play cricket, at any rate, you, you didn't bowl in, in 2007 or 2008. So uh, I can only say I was, wish I was playing at Grappenall in those seasons because I wouldn't have had to watch you bowl. Um, and then <laughs> fielding-wise, uh, 32 catches. Very importantly, no stumpings, which means you've clearly never kept wicket uh, unless... Uh, no, no, kept, kept wicket for a season uh, for Mac... I know for Grappen Hall ones, um, when Will Sharp's knees gave up, um, just wasn't very good at it. That would have been probably one of the two seasons I didn't bowl. So it would have been 2006, 2007, because I decided bowling wasn't a good idea back then. Um, so yeah, they could have been keeping wicket. You, you clearly had a successful uh, stint as a, <laughs> as a wicketkeeper during those seasons. Uh, not a lot of catches and no stumping. So um, maybe bowling was your calling after all. Well, something along those lines. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, um, yeah. As with as with others, we've we've been kind of highlighting a, a couple of your individual performances, which um, which I thought might be quite fun to to, to walk back over. Um, the first one is uh, a Macclesfield second eleven game from last season. Uh, this is on the sixth of July, um, and Macclesfield were playing Romley twos. Um, Mac won the toss and elected to field. Um, the Romley innings, they scored 121 for nine off 50 overs. Uh, you chipped in with 11 overs, two maidens, three for 30. Um, and at the time, um, I don't know if you can remember much about the game, but I'm, I'm fairly sure that must have been a, an under par score, 121. Yeah, it definitely was. We sort of were all over them at the time. I think that was the first game I actually captained for Macclesfield in, a, in Parks' absence. And it, was a, it was a really good toss to win, actually, mm -hmm. especially when our uh, wicketkeeper, Finley McCants, decided that um, instead of driving to Romilly, where we were playing the game, he actually went to Timperley. Um, and I hadn't realised this when I won the toss and decided we were going to have a field. Um, not having any spare keeping kit either was, was an equally good moment. 
And I think we were actually planning to give the gloves to Adam Longshaw, um, which sounded like a really good idea in principle because otherwise he was effectively going to get a TFC. But I have to say my confidence was shaken when in the warm-up, um, pretty much the first ball he went to take off Tish, hit him square in the head. Um, at that point, we decided to wait and delay the game by 10 minutes to give Finn a chance to uh, make it to the ground on time. Well, I, I can tell you for free that Adam Longshaw had a, a particularly memorable uh, first game of cricket for the third team last year in which he bowled two overs of the worst kind of filth you've ever seen, uh, had a paddy and had to be taken off and then got a first baller and dropped a catch. Um, so, you know, uh, <laughs> you're not the only one who's uh, ex- experienced the wrath of Longshaw. Um, anyway, moving on to the second innings. Um, yeah, Romley with 1-2-1 one, one, one on the boards. Um, yourself and uh, Nipper opening the batting. Uh, what, what do you remember about this, uh, this innings particularly? Yeah. So, I mean, we were, we were out Dish and we were out Coombsy, who had done a very good job opening the batting for us last year. And with the wealth of options available to me, in the fact that I had um, Finlay, I had Gus, I had Nipper, and I had Baz in the team that day, I decided that actually it would be really sensible, but as captain, I opened the batting as well, because I hadn't bowled my full allocation of 15 overs. <laughs> um, so I decided that I was going to open the batting with Nipper. And surprisingly, I managed to do myself justice. And they kept bowling very, very full, about a fuss outside off stump and going then didn't put any sweeper or protection out. So it, it made life very easy. I think it's probably one of the fastest 50s I've ever scored. Um, and I was at one point on track to turn up until Gus rather ruined it by coming in at number three and, and scoring fairly quickly to, to stop me. I think probably for the good of the club, really. <laughs> I think probably for the good of everyone's sanity for the next week, um, he, he probably does us all a favour. But um, needless to say, Macclesfield uh, knocked the total off uh, one down um, with yourself finishing 72 not out. Yeah, it was a good day. I think that's probably one of our biggest wins of the season, um, looking back over last year. Mm-hmm. Very good. And then um, just uh, to, to talk about a, a bowling performance, um, uh, as much as you say you had a fairly unsuccessful uh, season in 2018 playing first-team cricket, uh, you did actually have one fairly uh, good day out. Um, this was uh, Macclesfield first-team versus Toft first-team in the uh, Cheshire Cup round one. Um, Toft obviously being a Prem club, um, and, and Mac in, in Division 1. Uh, so, you know, a league above us. Um, and then on the day itself, uh, Mac won the toss and elected to bat. Um, and we're all out for 126 off 40 overs, which is not a great score. I think you yourself, unfortunately, got a duck, uh, an eight-ball duck, bowled by James Drummond, who's not the worst bowler in the world. Um, but uh, Mac managed to get something on the board. Um, and then second innings, uh, you, you had a little bit of influence on the game. Uh, I think I was watching that game actually that day. And I, I remember Otis got a few wickets up top um, and sort of blew away their, their top order. Um, and then you were, you were actually first change. Um, and, and yeah, talk me, through, talk me through what happened. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, Otis did all the hard work. He actually got all the, all, all the good batsman out. Um, so I'd heard all in the build-ups of the game, all I heard talks about was uh, this guy called Andrew Jackson who played the soft and how he smoked it all over the place in the T20. And I, I thought, 
you know what, if I don't bowl today, this isn't going to be the worst thing in the world. I could do with, you know, this is my second game of cricket back, um, having missed the first week of the season because I think I was skiing at the time. Um, so I thought, oh, you know, if I don't bowl, it won't be the worst in the world, especially when we got skittles for 120. I thought, well, yeah, there's no chance now, you know. Ports will come on on first change. Um, you know, that'll be a, it'll be a nice Sunday out. It was a nice day. But anyway, I get chucked the ball and I'm thinking, oh, this, this probably isn't a great idea. Um, they're four down. We've got a sniff of winning the game and they're going to give it to me to throw it all away. Okay. Um, I think second or third ball I bowled. I bowled this horrible rank half tracker outside off stump. Pretty similar to the one um, which, which got you actually, uh, simply. But oh, instead of... <laughs> Instead of smoking it, um, they the batsman decided to snick off to the keeper and uh, trying to probably hit it out over the uh, out over the fields. But yeah, from, from that point, I, I don't quite know what happened. Um, managed to pick up Andrew Jackson caught at point trying to smoke me over deep mid wicket, and then the last four wickets fell for no run with all three of the last three bats from playing down the line to the one which didn't turn um, and being bold, which which I can't quite believe because surely after the first time they would have realised I wasn't turning it and I wasn't going to turn it. Uh, no, I, I think in hindsight, uh, they, they probably probably ought to have adjusted. Needless to say, mate, uh, it's all in the book. So you had 4.3 overs, three maidens, five for five, um, which is not a bad return, really. Um, and uh, I assume from your point of view, the season uh, rather went downhill in the first team from there, uh, from an individual performance. But uh, yeah, that's a, that's a pretty nice fifer against the Prem club. Yeah, I mean, that was definitely my highlight of that year. And I don't think I bowled two balls in the same place from that point onwards, which is quite disappointing, really, because, you know, I had all these high hopes. Well, I can assure you that uh, as a man that bowls a lot of overs, uh, I see no merit in bowling the ball in the same place twice. So, uh, yeah, you're, you're all good as far as I'm concerned. Um, moving swiftly on with Frenchie, uh, we're going to move on to the quick fire section, um, which uh, has been creating uh, some interesting answers, shall we say. Um, so, yeah, hopefully we can keep this relatively short and sweet. Uh, nickname? Frenchie, French one, Viva la France. <laughs> Très bien. Uh, left or right-handed? Left-handed. Battle ball. All-rounder. <laughs> crossies, crossies uh, poison this this particular question. I feel like now. Uh, fielding position. Uh, covers. Test or T twenty. Test. Best cricketer you played with? Um, ben Stokes. Fastest bowler you faced? Was it Macram? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> but I mean, I'm, I'm going to have to stop you for a second there. How was that? Uh, terrifying. <laughs> I would have been 13 or 14, batting number four for their first team in a cup game. Um, he's on to bowl, making a ball do everything. First two balls I didn't see. Um, Third ball, I Chinese cut for four, which was probably a mistake. And fourth ball, middle stump went rolling backwards. And I was quite happy to be off the pitch at that point. Well, at least he didn't bounce you out. Um, messiest in the dressing room? 
Um, that would be either myself or Crossy. Mm-hmm. Longest in the shower? Um, well, just longest in general, uh, Cal. First thing on your plate at teas? Pizza. Drink of choice? Does it have a percentage? I was expecting you to say yes, to be honest. Um, Takeaway of choice? Chinese. Dance move of choice? Slut drop. (laughs) Very good. Um, I don't think we need to worry about the foundations uh, with yourself, uh, as compared with Crossy, who who obviously was favouring the same move. Um, Three dream dinner guests. Who are they? Um... That's a tricky one. So I would say Einstein, um, Bill Gates, and to make things novel, um, probably Stalin, because I'm sure he'd have some funny stuff to say. <laughs> I like it. That's, that's, that's some good answers. Um, I mean, we've already talked about this a little bit, but um, a- aims for, for, for this season and next, um, you know, if you can wrap that up in a, in a, in a couple of sentences. Uh, well, we're not going to get relegated this year because there's going to be no relegation, but solidify the second team in the Prem. Excellent. And and from yourself, you've already said you, you're hoping to turn up this year. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to turn up. Um, aside from that, build as many wickets as possible. Excellent. Um, Frenchie, it's been an absolute pleasure. Any uh, closing remarks or anything you you want to you want to put out there? No, um, just think it's a fantastic idea doing a podcast. Hopefully we can get everyone more involved in the, I guess, the base there for club. Fantastic. Frenchie, absolute legend. And uh, stay safe. Speak soon. Cheers, Miles. Goes.